Happy Wednesday, friends, and welcome to the podcast. I am Melissa Matheson, and y'all, I think we need to build an ark here in Northwest Alabama. There's been so much rain. This is insane. I've been hearing that some of the areas around us have been experiencing flooding, so we just pray that those affected by the floods are able to recover quickly and with minimal damage to homes and businesses. Well, it is Wednesday, and rain or shine, the camels are here. We love talking about the camels coming. For those of you out meditating in the field, like our friend Isaac in the Bible in Genesis 24, who met his wife riding to meet him on a camel. So on Wednesdays, we talk with some of my married friends and hear their stories of how they met, dated, and married. Today, my friends Kevin and Krista McBride are here. They've been married 22 years and share a few things they've learned about love along the way. So grab your coffee and join us at the table. We're talking about dress blues for a prom date, dealing with grief, and compromise, the good kind. Today on What's Next, God. Now, Kevin, Krista's been here before. Yeah. So we've already talked about her coffee journey. All right. <laughs> Tell me about yours. Are, you are a coffee drinker. I am a coffee drinker. I love coffee. <laughs> you do love it. Yes. Even if Krista didn't love it, you still love coffee. I'd still love it. Yeah. Yes. Always loved coffee? Always. How do you drink it? With cream, sugar? Um, usually mine is either just depends straight. Depends the time of the day. Yeah, it depends right? the time of the day. Um, <laughs> really? So the, yeah. So in the mornings, um, I do... Um, I'll do what's called bulletproof. I'm sure you've heard like yes. kind of a keto type thing. Yeah. So I've, I have really grown, I guess I've acquired the taste for bulletproof. So in the mornings I'll have coffee with, I'll put a little bit of cream in it, but then I'll do a spoon of really uh, coconut cream. oil. And you do uh, the butter in it too? Mm-hmm. Or just butter. Okay. So I do the salted butter. Um, I'll do the, uh, the coconut oil and then I'll do heavy whipping cream. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then during the, throughout the day, I will usually just have black coffee. Um, so, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's and if I make such it a manly he wants, thing. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> and if I make it, I'll say, "You want it black? You want creamer?" It's like, no, you can put creamer in it. Yeah, it's like yeah. if I make it and he wants the creamer, yeah, I'll I don't know what put that some is. Creamer in there. I don't know what it is <laughs> because you're so sweet. Yeah, Maybe. that's right. <laughs> I would never have thought to have my coffee different <clears throat> ways. I don't know. I'm just kind of a person yeah. of habit where yeah. I always have it same. the same way. Me too. Sometimes I'll switch up my Kramer flavor, but mm-hmm. I'm just kind of, I don't know. No, I, I don't think I could switch to mm-hmm. black sometimes yeah. and then yeah. not the other. Do you do, so you drink it because you like the flavor, not because you're I like do. liking the caffeine. Right. I Probably a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the flavor um, of coffee. I like, uh, especially uh, the bold. I like he the bold kind of bitter, dark. Okay. You know, dark roast. Um, so, so I do like that. Um, but then like this here, I've got, uh, um, with the the French press there, so it's gonna it's got a little bit of cream. I decided to put a little bit of heavy mm-hmm. whipping cream in it. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's what I got in mind. Uh, y'all love coffee shops too because we do. Yes. you. Every time I see you guys on Instagram, <laughs> I'm such a fan of like the little yeah. coffee shop. Yeah. All yeah. right. So tell me some of your favorite coffee shops around in our area. So because you know Tuscaloosa, Tupelo, Birmingham, yes. Florence. Well, you yesterday we place. went to Tuscaloosa. Okay. And we went to Monarch. Monarch, um, which is, it was adorable, but they had really great coffee. Mm-hmm. Super strong, woke me right up. Yeah. 
I mean, I needed a little something for the ride. On the way home, I told her, yeah, I was telling her, take deep breaths and drink water. Which it was probably my fourth coffee of the day. So that could have had something to do with it. Oh, that could have been it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. (laughs) But we love um, Lost and Found in Tupelo. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people are fans of Lost Mm -hmm. and Found. Yeah. Really just anywhere we go, we just love to find a a good Mm -hmm. little coffee shop. Yeah. Any city we're in. Where's your favorite coffee that you've ever had ever anywhere? Can you, is there a spot? Okay. In Virginia. Okay. There's this place mm-hmm. called Old, well, it's a company, Old Mansion Coffee. Okay. Have you ever heard of this? No. Well, it's a, it, I guess they've been going for years and years, but they supplied all the businesses like the Shoney's, the, the military base there. Like you, they all had the coffee there everywhere. So now I still compare all coffee to the Old Mansion Coffee. Old Mansion Coffee. I don't know what coffee. that is, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe I need to order it online Maybe you or need something. to order it. Is it <laughs> yeah. the coffee coffee or is it like maybe their store, their, the ambiance of their store? No, no, no. They didn't have a store. They like didn't they have just a store. They just were a supplier. Coffee. Yeah. And you just knew oh. like, oh, they have Old Mansion Coffee. We're have to look them up. Yes. It's mm-hmm. like a smooth, bold just, blend. It's just I mean, it's amazing like a, coffee. It's like a smoky blend. I don't, I don't know. even know, like but old man. They make spices, all these different like supply restaurants with things, but it is some good coffee. We will have to look Not them kidding. up. Not kidding. Yeah. Other than that, I love the Starbucks blonde. That might be a little typical, but I do love I, Starbucks blonde coffee. I do too. Mm-hmm. Their blonde espresso yes. is kind of my thing. It's just good stuff. It's kind of smooth. Not too strong. No. Not too, just, just right. Yeah, so. I'm kind of a blonde flat white when I do yes, Starbucks. same. Yeah. That's my thing <laughs> when I go there. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Virginia. Where are, where are you guys? You've been all over the place. We have. <laughs> lived we all the place. So before you were married, where mm-hmm. Krista, where all of you lived? Okay, well, I was born and raised in Virginia. Um, I was born in Richmond, Virginia, but lived in Hopewell, Prince George, Petersburg areas. Oh, I hear Um, it's beautiful there. Yes, it's very beautiful. Yeah, so we lived there um, up until we moved to Texas in 2012. Okay. Yeah. And are you from, uh, Kevin? I'm from Louisiana originally. That's right, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So I I was... uh, Go Tigers. (laughs) Yeah. Go Tigers. I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> no, right? I know that about you. <laughs> um, so I was born in Louisiana at about about uh, eight years old, I think. Um, we moved to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I uh, lived in Virginia until um, I joined the Marine Corps and um, then moved back to Virginia because I was actually in the Marine Corps Reserves. So moved back to um, Virginia and then um, lived there until, again, until we moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so Virginia, Texas, and then Alabama. And Alabama. And Alabama. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask, where's your favorite place you've ever lived? But I won't put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm sure you have lots of favorites, but uh, yeah. we're just kind of partial to our sweet home, Alabama, yes. here right now, aren't we? Yes. yes. We kind of like it here. How long have you lived here in Hamilton? So July of 2016, mm-hmm. we moved here. Yeah. So, so we'll be coming up on four years. years. Coming up on four, four years. years. Yeah. yeah. All right, how long have you been married? Because we're going to talk about how you met, dated, and married. Yes. There's a story here. There are yeah. like lots of stories within a story. Yeah, there is. is. So we're coming up on 22 years. We are. 22, 22. which yeah. I love that number 22. Yeah. Is married in 1998. Yep. 22 years, you have three kids. Tell me about your kids. We do. We have Brianna, who is 20. I don't we, think I've ever heard her called Brianna. Brianna. Bree. Hey, Bree. Yeah, a.k.a. <laughs> Bree. Um, and then Alyssa's 17, and Kevin Jr., a.k.a. Mm-hmm. KJ, is 14. 14. <laughs> yeah. Three kids, uh, two mm-hmm. girls, one boy. Mm-hmm. 
And did you always think you would have three kids? No, we did not. Um, We, I don't know. I think when when I had Bree, I thought, well, this is probably, I don't know if I can handle anymore. (laughs) 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 And then you just, you just keep going. And I remember having the two girls and I was like, oh, I would love to have a little boy. And then we found out. We were pregnant, and then we found out it was a little boy. We're like, okay, we're done. We're done. We're good. That's it. a good number for us. (laughs) All right. So tell me about how you met. I know a little bit. Krista, last time you were here. So if you've listened to the podcast before, for everyone listening, uh, Krista's been here before. Mm -hmm. I had you come in uh, as a favor to me and talk a little bit about your story with breast cancer. Yes. Uh, Mm Because I have a family member that's going Mm -hmm. through that, and I thought that that would be super helpful, one, for me Mm -hmm. to hear about your story, but also for other people. And actually, we had a lot of people give mm-hmm. us some incredible feedback about how much they appreciated That's you talking awesome. about that story and how it helped them be able to relate to other awesome. families and friends in that. that. So Chris has been here before. Uh, you'll have to go back and listen to that story, but we're mm-hmm. actually going to just talk about yeah. you and your husband and your family and anything else you want to talk about. <laughs> so tell me about uh, meeting your uh, handsome husband. Okay. Well, I was in high school. I was a senior. Okay. And I had a really bad breakup and I was pretty devastated and had no prom date. Oh. So this happened in um, April and my best friend in school, her boyfriend had a really good friend that was home from the Marines. Oh. And he had actually graduated two years before. And I kind of knew of him um, and definitely thought he was cute, but never really talked to him before or anything like that. And so she said, well, I'll, I'll just hook you up. We'll just, well, he'll go to the prom with you and it'll be good. He's funny. He's really oh, great. a man in uniform going yeah. to a senior prom? She said he'll oh, wear yeah, his girl. dress blues. Oh, yeah. It'll be great. And, and, and I was like, God, I'm nervous. She was like, it'll be fine. I'll be there. We'll hang out. It'll be fine. <laughs> so it was just going to be a prom date. But yeah. I mean, it definitely turned into so more you were, than that. you were home, Kevin, yes. and had you dress blues. And did you know who Krista was? I knew her um, from school. I had, I didn't, we didn't know each other like intro, introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I knew her, you know, I'd seen her in school um, right before I graduated. So so I knew kind of who she was um, when when they told me that. Uh, so you knew she was cute. Oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't like a blind date. She stood like. out to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Aww. saying yes wasn't mm-hmm. a hard yes. It was not hard at yeah. all. No. Yeah, that's for sure. So we, uh, yeah. I guess, the dress blues got the girl this time. Yes, <laughs> yes. they did. <laughs> I hear that that helps <laughs> yeah. many, yeah. many a young man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what color dress she wore? Uh, yeah, let's. See. It was a dark uh, blue. Yeah, it was a good dark job. blue. It was. So she did wear. It was a dark blue, and our um our prom pictures were an epic failure. Oh yeah, they really um, were because. Uh, <laughs> The we stood was... there for so long <laughs> waiting to say cheese, you know, like we yeah. smiled, we kept smiling, we kept smiling. And by the time he snapped the picture, there was no more smile. <laughs> I think I had like half a smile and he was like, we'll have to I show mean, you the no... picture. It was just yeah. kind of, you know, my, my mouth was open like, uh, you know, are you going to take great, a picture? But yeah. <laughs> So the one thing that we were shooting for, it just didn't work yeah, out on that one there. Out. That's but, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so prom day went well. It did. It did. I suppose. Did. What yeah. happened after that? After that, we um, <clears throat> decided to uh, start dating. Yeah. And uh, we, I took her to uh, one of those little fairs at uh, Walmart in a Walmart in parking Walmart lot. Parking lot. <laughs> Trying to win you a teddy bear or something, yeah. I believe it was. Yeah. And, did, uh, did not win. 
Our first, I don't think. Our, I think our first official date was probably that in Arby's, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And you brought. Uh, I made my friend come because yeah. I was a little nervous. This was yeah. right before prom, actually. That was a little bit before. And I didn't yeah. really know him, so I made her come to Arby's. And then when we were done at Arby's, I was like, okay, you can leave you can now. Good. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I feel like I'm going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so then on um, April 10th. Mm-hmm. April 10th of that year, we actually started dating. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we were riding to my house in my truck, I think. And you mm-hmm. said, so does this mean we're dating? Yeah. And I was like, I guess so. Yeah. So yeah. I think it started <laughs> that then. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you know that date. Um, yeah. That's yeah. kind of neat. Good yes. job. Good so, job. <laughs> Yeah, give him a gold star. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling he's going to rack up the gold stars. Yeah, rack up the gold stars. <laughs> yeah, We've always kind of kept that date, you know. It's like um, yeah. we have our anniversary and then we have our our, uh, our date anniversary yeah. date, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, we always uh, remember, remember that date. How long we, did you guys date before you officially proposed? So, so let's see. See what had happened. Uh oh. <laughs> so here's another story within a story. Let's take another sip of coffee on that one. No, you go ahead. Oh, did yeah. you no. break up with her? No, no, no I didn't. No. no, no. Okay. We um, we were not serving the Lord at yeah. all in this time, and we were a little wild. And um, so we had been dating. I graduated in '97, and that's when we had started dating. That right then. Um, so we dated about a year, mm-hmm. a little over, over a year. year. Um, and we had told, you know, we had, of course, told each other we loved each other. Um, we talked about getting married one day, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we found out that we were pregnant. Oh. And so um, we were faced with that. And, you know, I just remember being scared, like, oh, we're going to have to grow up here, you mm-hmm. know, like and yeah. all the choices around that and what that's going to look like and everything. And um, I just I just remember. He just said, well, we're just, we're getting married. Mm-hmm. We're just going to get married. And that was it. You know, it was like a simple, okay. That was in, that was in August. <laughs> I think it was mm-hmm. August of 1998 mm-hmm. um, when, uh, when I actually proposed to her, mm-hmm. you know, we had, we had uh, talked. And of course, you know, when, when that type of situation happens, you've getting, you're getting advice from everybody, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, sure. and um, you're hearing, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And. I had always been raised, um, you know, my my dad had always, you know, taught me to take care of my family and mm-hmm. take care of, um, you know, the situations that, that I create. Um, yeah. And uh, I love, you know, I loved Krista very much, and we knew we were going to be together, and we knew that, um, you know, we were meant for each other. And so but we that were a decision wasn't hard. <laughs> yeah. At that point, yeah. so it was like, okay, we, we're going to have to get this thing Straight. Yeah, that's a bit of a wake up call all of a sudden when you go, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I imagine that was a big surprise. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, that that decision and um, in August we did that. And then um, so September and then October. And we decided to um, get married on the same day. Yeah, of my my grandparents' anniversary. Of her grandparents' um, anniversary. So we chose that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. October 24th. Mm-hmm. October 24th. 1998. <laughs> How long have your grandparents been married? Oh, I don't know. My granddaddy had just passed away. Um, so that was part of why we chose that okay. date. It's just a way to honor them. And it was uh, just really special. They yeah. had been married a really long time Yeah. Um, at that point. But yeah, just yeah. a sweet thing. That is a sweet thing. Mm-hmm. I love that because it just speaks to me of generational mm-hmm. blessing. Yeah. yeah. You know, an inheritance to mm-hmm. honor your grandparents mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. 
So married in October. Mm-hmm. When was Bree born? May. In May. Mm-hmm. So living in Richmond, Virginia? Petersburg. Petersburg. Well, Hopewell yeah, at that we were in point. Hopewell at that point. At that point, we were in Hopewell, yeah. Tell me about the first year of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man, we're laughing. Well, I don't know that, if that's good or bad. It was good. It was good. <laughs> we first started out in a little apartment, mm-hmm. Farmingdale Apartments. Yeah. Um, and went, then we graduated to a little tiny tiny rental house right next door to my mom two bedroom rental yeah. house it had um, uh-huh. the floor furnace it had a bull furnace in the floor yeah um had a bathroom that you had to kind of walk in sideways and slide out sideways yes. you know you felt like and yeah. uh so that was quite the experience um for us um you yeah. know just growing and learning how to how to nurture one another. I remember mm-hmm. we always laugh about um, one of the first meals. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Krista made me. a terrible uh, cook. She made me uh, some Chef Boyardee pizza. And, you know, the and, box pizza. Yes. You okay, they still up. have them. Okay, but see, you need to read the directions. You, and you must follow the directions. <laughs> Don't think that you just can figure it out because it looks simple. Yeah. No, like if it says to let the dough rise. Let the dough rise. Yes. Do not okay. think, I don't need to do that. It's fine. Yeah. Just mash it out on the pan. It's fine. No. No, let the dough rise. Let the dough rise. Yes. <laughs> That's Probably what it works. Spread out. And I made the pizza and then it went, or comes yeah. right back together. <laughs> it's a little hard, terrible looking. Yeah. But you know, he ate it. Yeah. And he did not complain. He was like, it's okay. It's fine. What were you that the really? sweetest thing? He, <laughs> he like, just literally ate everything I've ever made. <laughs> oh, he really has. Husband. Now he's been like, oh, this is all right. It's great. <laughs> and it's covered in salt and pepper, but he'll eat it. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's good. It he was, always it was good. has. Yeah. So that was. Bless his heart. It, I think it for us, it was, um, you know, growing up quickly, you know, mm-hmm. because we, we had went from really just being, you know, dating and living with our parents to thrust into this world of adulthood and trying to not only figure out how to build relationship with one another, continue to build that relationship mm-hmm. with one another, but also trying to learn how to parent um, yeah. and do those things as well. And so there was a lot of transition quickly for us yes. um, at, at that age. And, um, you know, I, we can honestly look back now and see where the Lord was in the midst of all of that. Yeah. Um, growing us and, and giving us that experience and giving and us the grace to do that. we didn't get too much time, you know, mm-hmm. before Brianna was born. It felt like it just went by so quickly. But it did. right before she was born, we got back into church. Mm-hmm. We started going to church um, mm-hmm. with his mom and dad at a little yeah. tiny church in Petersburg. Yeah. Um, and there was a revival going on, I remember. And we just, I just thought, I've, you know, with this baby coming, I've got to get my life together. I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. you know? And if I don't have some help, if the Lord does not help me, I cannot do this thing. So I don't did know you how, have you know? a history at all with the Lord? Like, did, were you raised in church? Did you know um, about God? Or was this like the first time? went to a Baptist church. Okay. And so I would go to like vacation Bible school, things okay. like that. If Mima was singing in the cantata. Oh, we went. yes, the cantatas. Yes. And oh, yes, I was raised Baptist. You know, that. <laughs> Easter, you go, oh, yes. you get a new dress, yes. and, and you everybody Christmas goes. Yes. Christmas, yeah. So, I mean, I went to special things. Um, I wasn't a regular, you know, mm-hmm. in it. He went to Assembly of God. I did. So I was, so I was, was raised. Um, <laughs> yes, I was, you know, a little. Raised a little. in church. My mom was very much um, 
we, we were very active in church and as far as attendance and things of that nature. Uh, so I did have a, a background. Obviously, you know, our backgrounds were different. Mine was Assembly of God. Mm-hmm. Hers was Baptist. And so we, we had a little bit of a, um, it wasn't an issue, but we were trying to decide, you know, what what we should do because yeah. we came from such different backgrounds, um, you know, from a denominational standpoint. But um, the Lord just, you know, worked yeah. all of that out. I felt like he built, he caused was so us to build sweet because even the, the church that we did go to with his mom, it was like a a quiet Pentecostal. Yeah. <laughs> he you knows you I mean, it was Pentecostal <laughs> holiness, but it was just not, it was not the ramp. Yeah. Um, it was just a quieter, like, okay, I can, this one, I can, I can kind of wrap my head around, you know, yeah. I, it was hard to come from just a Baptist background to a Pentecostal, but yeah. I feel like the Lord just was gentle with it and, mm-hmm. and helped me understand a lot more. Yeah. And so that was all in our first year. So we really mm-hmm. had a lot of transition. <clears throat> we decided that, um, we didn't, um, that we wanted, uh, Krista to be able to be with Bree and be, be with, home, uh, yeah. be a home a mom at home to take care of uh, Bree. I worked right up until I had her and then I was going to go back from maternity leave. And then he got a new job. Mm -hmm. Um, Where did you start working at? Um, At, at the time when Bree was born, I actually just started at, it was allied signal at the time. Now it's called Honeywell. So it was shift work and all that, but. Were you still in the reserves at the time? Um, I had just gotten out of (laughs) the reserves, just -hmm. finished the reserves. And so, um, you know, I'd gotten, gotten out of that, which, uh, you know, helped us as well. And then, um, like I said, I started there. And so we just uh, worked our, our way around, uh, you know, our, our finances to where mm-hmm. uh, she could be at home and be with Bree and um, and raise and help raise her. And, and so that took some of the pressure yeah. off as well for us, I believe. Yeah. And plus living next door to your mom oh, it was awesome. and having the baby, yeah. I'm sure was Oh, it was huge. so great. And then yeah. for you, Kevin, to be able to go to work knowing yes. she's mm-hmm. okay because her mom's right next door right. Yeah. if anything were to happen. So yeah, um, it was good. Yeah, but quite an adjustment. That's a lot to happen it was. in yeah. one year. Yes. yes, but she survived. And, and a lot of our <laughs> friends were still doing the the things. <laughs> we were not doing those things anymore. Yeah. So it was hard because we it felt like we lost all of our friends mm-hmm. yeah. very quickly yeah, felt too. Isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. that can be a that can be a difficult thing for people mm-hmm. when they transition in life. Be because. Um, there are seasons that we will be with certain people, yeah. and then yeah. when seasons change, it's not that there's anything wrong with yeah. those people or You're wrong just in with a you. different place. You're just in a different place mm-hmm. sometimes, That's right. and being able to be okay with that is yeah. hard. Yeah, because sometimes you want to hold on hold to some on. things, and sometimes the Lord's going, "Well, I've kind of got you over here yeah. doing this now." Yeah. yeah, and being able to gracefully transition. <laughs> yeah into new seasons. Mm-hmm. So uh, how long did you stay in the little rental house next to your mom? Um, we were there a couple years. Uh, Brianna, when we decided to build a house, we Ooh, got into that place. That's Brianna a big deal. was yeah. six and Alyssa three, yeah, I think. I think. So. Um, and so we bought land out in Dinwiddie, which was probably 20 minutes away from where mm-hmm. we were. It was more in the county. Um, mm-hmm. And, that was the school. They were building a new school. It was just a good place. We just felt like to raise them. And so we had our, our little house built. 
It was so sweet. We got to, you know, you get to design it, get to pick all the things and do all the things. And it was so fun. And So it was fun for you because I hear <clears throat> yeah. nowadays uh, that is one of the number one causes for divorce <laughs> oh my is building a house. It's not so much building yeah. a house, but the stress and the, uh, the financial yeah. pressure. Yeah. Of building mm -hmm. is sometimes puts people over well, the edge, but it was a good experience. Us. It's for amazing, you. Yeah. yeah. It didn't. I think um, you know we we at that point we were still obviously you know very young mm -hmm. and, yes. in our process, and we were just excited that we were looking to to buy a house, and um, so the realtor kept taking us around, and then was like, "Hey, well, you know, we think we could probably get you a house built," um, and and so we looked into that mm -hmm. and decided, "Okay, we'll do it." And they already had like the model picked out. And obviously, you know, you have to pick out the design and all that on the mm -hmm. inside. And we weren't really that picky. We were no, in that we little weren't. We were probably very house. easy to work. <laughs> Maybe work that's with. why it was yeah. so good yeah. for like, you. Give us more <laughs> <room>. <laughs> we were like, yes, a new house. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that was exciting for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you guys pastored a church for a season. When mm -hmm. did you step into that? When did that yeah. all happen? Well, not long after. We were saved, honestly. <laughs> we, Brianna was little, and they asked us to youth pastor, to be the oh. youth pastors. And we were like, oh, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> are you yeah. sure you want us to do it? But yeah. it was just the Lord, you know, obviously put it all together. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so we um, uh, started you know, doing working with the youth at the church mm -hmm. that we actually, you know, the church we started going to. Yeah. And uh, shortly after we started doing, we were asked to do that. The pastor um, resigned. And so it, it kind of put um, the church into a, you know, a gray area um, as far as the leaders and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And a so a lot of people left, a lot of people left and then down to a little bit. People, you know, started looking at us, you know, for some guidance and things. And so mm -hmm. they were going to do a new church plan. Yeah. So they so we started um, I was going to school. Um, I was doing a school of ministry. So I was working full time doing school of ministry um, on the weekends. And, you know, whenever I had free time doing classes. And uh, so they decided that they wanted to start a new church. So they basically took our church and. Um, Maybe two, th others two or three or other like small house churches, and they actually put them together and they uh, planted a church. It was called Crossroads, okay. and so when they planted that church, we were on the launch committee, on the plant team, and all of that stuff. And they'd ask us to be um, the youth pastors, <clears throat> and so we ended up doing that. Um, and it was uh, wasn't maybe a year, two years mm -hmm. in uh, that the pastor that was there decided that he wanted to moved back home mm -hmm. and so it left the church without a pastor again seemingly mm -hmm. again and at that point i had finished i think two years of school of ministry and um was you know pretty prominent in the leadership there helping and serving yeah. and um so the lord just began to impress upon our hearts that we were called to pastor um, he had done that prior but we really felt that um, that pull when that happened our heart for the people just to yeah. to be there for the people to shepherd the people and um so we we knew that that was we didn't know that that was the church but we knew that the lord had wanted us to do that yeah. so we submitted that to our leadership and um, through a process um, became interim pastors there yeah. and um, we had been on a sick we were going to be on a six month interim yeah. and I think we were there for maybe two months and they said the leadership of the denomination said you guys are yeah 
the pastors. We feel yeah. like it's y'all. So they released us. And that was in 2007, I believe it was, yeah, 2007. Was, was and so we took the step. I left. Um, I, we felt like it was a, a good yeah. season for us, so I left the job that I was at. You and, tried to make um, it work for a little while, but it was a yeah, little much. It was too, yeah. a little bit too much for me at yeah. my age and everything that I had going on. And uh, so we, we started pastoring the church in 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was really neat. It was a church that we got. Uh, the, the church was actually meeting in the the church that we got saved in or gave our hearts back to the Lord in. Um, it was, you know, a church that we had really grew up in. And so it, it meant a lot to us mm-hmm. to be able to do that yeah. and that the Lord would give us the grace to do that. So yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, where were you taking classes for ministry school? Were you doing that online? I was doing it through um, our denomination uh, that we were a part of, which was the uh, International Pentecost Holiness Church. Okay. Just basically like a sister to... Um, the Assemblies of God. Okay. And uh, so I, think they were doing I was, a monthly they were doing classes. monthly classes. So all for, for three locations. weeks, you basically had to read books, do, um, you know, workbooks and things of that nature. And then you'd yeah. have one class for uh, Friday night and all day Saturday you'd spend um, once a month. And so I did that for uh, two years yeah. and got my license. And then we started pastoring, and I took about a year or two break, I believe, and then I went back to school one more year and ended up um, getting ordained through them. And uh, we became heavily involved in church planning. So I I would go to um, church planning schools. Um, I I just was fascinated with church planning. And um, so I went to a couple of different church planning schools and things of that nature, um, which thrust me into... um, the whole uh, evangelism. I was helped with this board mm-hmm. that planted churches, the denomination planted churches in the area. And so I was on a board that would, um, we would meet with, you know, potential pastors to plant okay. churches and yeah. things and would help them uh, with their vision and their goals yeah. and things of that nature. And so that was really, um, I think, what pushed us into our next season mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. after that. Um, but, but we were, um, we were heavily involved yeah. in the denomination there. Yeah. And uh, the leadership. We loved our little church. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved them. Yeah. yeah. Still About how many them. people? Um, uh, we had outgrown that building at that point. We got up close to 200, mm-hmm. I think, at one point. Uh, mm-hmm. We outgrew the building, moved into another building. We had gotten up close to 200. And then uh, because of the transition, and I think just the mm-hmm. level of leadership that we offered yeah. at that time, we, we weren't able to sustain had- that. We were um, in Petersburg, closer to the inner city. We bust in a lot of people, um, homeless, yeah. addicts, a lot mm-hmm. of little kids. We bust in just a bunch of people and just all types of people, all, all walks of life. And so it was like when we moved to that newer building, it was like a really pretty, fancy in Prince George, just a different setting. A different I don't know if that of, was yeah. what yeah. – it just didn't work out. So we ended up yeah. moving back to our, our other building. And yeah. So we moved did back. pretty well up until we yeah because of the inner city uh, ministry that we did it was um, the the older building actually fit so I think we were somewhere we averaged around 150 probably mm-hmm. in that church yeah. mm-hmm. um, is where we were. that's a large group to pastor to yes. pastor well yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Is. it is it is because a pastor is not just somebody that preaches uh, yeah. during services no. you no, know um, more to which it. is how you can be a pastor and not necessarily be ordained. 
Yeah. You know, like people can be pastors. Mm-hmm. You can uh, have That's that right. pastoral spirit. Yeah. Um, well, like what you're doing right now, you're in management for a yeah. company right now, but yes. you are as a pastor, yeah. you are leading people That's yes. right. is what you're doing yeah. in your place. So you yeah. are a pastor. Yeah. Because that's what God has ordained you to be. So no matter where you are, whether it's in a church building or somewhere else, you are a pastor. Mm -hmm. Krista, do you feel that you are a pastor? Is that one of your? For sure. You are a pastor as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So God Mm -hmm. put two pastors together here. Mm -hmm. So just look at God. Even before, oh, it just makes me think of that verse, Mm -hmm. that when we were not faithful, but he was still faithful. You know, like he is so faithful even when we're not. That even before you guys... acknowledged who God was in your life and in your marriage that God put you together. That's yeah. right. And said, yeah, I see something <laughs> down yeah. the road. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put these two together because yeah. I've got big things That's right. mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God for them. Mm-hmm. When did you make the move to Texas? That was at the end of 2012. Yeah. Um, so we, like I said, we were heavily involved in, um, in church planning and we'd gotten into church revitalization and so I had, was heavily connected with a gentleman um, and a ministry, um, and he was hubbed out of Amarillo, Texas. And we really felt like the Lord had called us to be closer to them. And uh, so we, uh, just through a crazy chain of events. Oh, we prayed um, about it for at least six months. <laughs> we yeah. felt like there was a release we on us from something. the local house there yeah. for some reason. and And so we just... You know, we, we felt like, okay, Lord, what's next? But it was just hard because we loved them so yes. much. Yes. Your heart yeah. doesn't change, you know, yeah, when absolutely. you feel released. You yeah. still have such a great That's the hardest thing is to be obedient when yes. God says to go somewhere, mm-hmm. but yeah. yet you so love where you are. Like, Lord, it would yeah. be easier if you made me not yeah, like things. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's easy to go when you're like tired yeah. of where you are, but yeah. when you love where you are, That's what and made God it so says, hard. yes. So I can mm-hmm. understand that yeah. 100%. That transition is hard. Um, you know, I was actually having this conversation this morning with with someone. You know, transition's hard because it's letting go of one season and grabbing a hold of the next. And it sounds so easy to just let go of the old season and grab a hold of the yeah, new season. But in a lot of ways, we hold on to that old season and we hold on to the new season because we're anticipating but it, it almost tears us apart, you know, yes. to let go of that old season because there's so many beautiful things in the old season. Yes. Obviously, there are things that you're ready to let go of, but then there's yeah. so many things that you don't want to let go of. And yeah. so it makes it difficult. But we finally did. Mm-hmm. I like to think of being able to, of those seasons, because nothing in our life is wasted, even the bad stuff, right. even right. the stuff that we don't love and right. that we're ready to move on from. All of yeah. those things, we've been talking a lot about building and what it looks like to build. Yeah. Just because Dave and I have been in a building season right. with a physical house here, but even our lives and our stories from birth mm-hmm. are building things yeah. in yeah. us. Yeah. And rather than like wishing away the parts we don't like or trying to ignore them, if we use them to build on. So yes. even other seasons in letting them go, they are really things that we, that the Lord is using to be a foundation right. for mm-hmm. the next season. Absolutely. So it's not fully gone. Yeah. It's what we stand on. That's right. When we mm-hmm. go to the next place, yeah. it is what God uses yes. when we can see it rightly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise um, it does feel wasted if mm-hmm. we don't see those seasons rightly yeah. to be able to, move ahead. What was transition in moving like for you guys in marriage? Were you both in agreement, obviously, to do that? Mm-hmm. We did. We, we felt like it was a season of transition. And I yeah. think for us, um, it actually grew us closer together. People um, have asked us, 
what is it like to move your family across country or yeah. move from state to state? And um, I feel like, you know, we feel like our family is a closer knit unit oh, yeah. because yeah. of that. Um, it's built stronger bonds because when you when you move to a place where even though there are people there that accept you and receive you in, there's this level of intimacy that you don't have that you had. And mm-hmm. uh, so for us, um, I feel like, every, you know, we've moved obviously several times <clears throat> and it, I feel like every time we grow stronger together in our bonds um, and, and not only Chris and I in our marriage, but also our in, with our kids. Mm-hmm. So the transition so. for the kids was good too. They were able to make that. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, you know, so, there was yeah. a little bit of a, um, you know, a struggle, I think from family, leaving yeah. family. Yeah. Um, and I remember when we first told them, um, Brianna was eating cereal on the couch. <laughs> Uh, when we said we were going to move from, she's going to kill me. When, when we uh, moved from, uh, when we told them we we're going to move from Virginia to Texas, and Brianna's eating cereal, and she just starts crying, and in she's crying into her cereal, yeah. you know. Oh. And I'll never forget that. Um, but yeah. they made a good transition. Really I felt like did. it was great for yeah. them. Yeah. She had to go into a new middle school, which was a little scary because she would have been what 12, mm-hmm. 11 or 12, 12, 13. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, rough age. Yeah, but KJ yeah. and Alyssa were in an el- the same elementary school, so they got to go into the same school. So that was helpful to them. And yeah. honestly, they just Alyssa especially, but KJ too. You can drop them anywhere and they'll make a friend in five minutes. You know, like they never met a That's stranger. A it's just yeah. such a sweet thing. Yeah. I mean. And Brie has that as well, but she was kind of on her own there. So it was a little harder, but yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things as parents too, is that we create the culture for our children to live in. And when we can say yes to the Lord and we can make that move and we can do it in Mm -hmm. a healthy way, I think that that our children naturally, that's what they're seeing. Yeah. And that's the environment and the culture in which they're moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then they- Kicks that fear a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you move- Kicking and screaming, mm-hmm. they're probably going they're to probably go. going to too. Kicking right. and screaming. Yeah. So I have learned as a parent in any type of transition is uh, as parents we create the culture. Yeah. yeah. For our for our kids even in transition. Yeah. So whether that's watching. moving, whether mm-hmm. that's sickness, that's right. whether that's grief, whatever that looks Anything. like, uh, just the importance of. Okay, so then it's no longer about you; it's about kids. How do I want my kids to yeah. transition through this? That's and then so you can good. be yeah. that parent. Yeah. That does that. Yeah. Um, tell me about church revitalization. When you talk about that, what does that even mean? Mm. So basically, yeah. um, what we what we would do is um, well, when we just tell when we moved to <laughs> Texas, <laughs> what we thought and then what was what really was. So church revitalization is basically discovering the uh, the life cycle of a church. Okay. So a church is. Um, even though it's an organization, it's also an organism. And um, so it, it goes through life cycles. Every church does. And uh, so it'll go from infancy into, you know, kind of a teen age and into mm-hmm. a, into adolescence and on into what they call empty nesting. And it'll go on into retirement and then it'll go into what's called the death cycle. Um, and so um, we what you do is you discover the level that the church is at. And um, so the church that we went into, um, the assessment that we were given was that the church was basically in like this uh, past retirement into this death stage. Um, when you when you hear that, it's basically the church is down in number. Uh, there's no vision, uh, very little leadership. Not many um, young people. Not at many. All. Yeah, you're, when your average age is you know elderly, okay. and um, and so. 
the idea is to come in uh, to recast vision um, to, you know, just basically what you're doing is going on a journey of discovery. Why was this church started? What did, um, you know, what, what was, was the, the heart, what was the heart of it? And, you know, so you're just yes. discovering the, the heart of a thing. Yeah. Discovering how it impacted its community. So you got to do all these different assessments on this. And uh, so, uh, so we had, we were given an assessment and then we went in for just a day or so and we were well received. Um, but when we got there, what we found out was there were uh, a lot of, there wasn't a lot. There was only, you know, maybe a, there was a couple handful people. of people there, maybe about 20, 25 people. Um, but they were very much like, we're going to, we're going to fight for our territory. We're going to fight for what we have left here and we're not going to let it go. And so we were, we, uh, encountered a lot of resistance just simply because, um, their idea and our idea were two totally different things. It wasn't explained to them. And in their defense, um, the, deno- the denomination or the conference in, in that area had not done a whole lot of revitalization. And so we came in thinking that, hey, we're going to help them bring life to this place and we're going to, um, you know, recast and restart. And their mindset was, you're going to come There's in and just bad about yeah. it, right? play the same song we're going to play yes. and we're going to do the same thing, you know? And so, familiar. yeah, so it was, it was a tough, uh, but tough we were road. there we moved. You we, moved, we had nothing to lose. So I, we're going for it. Yeah, so we, had, we had gotten to a point where I was just basically like, Hey, I just moved all the way across country and I've and pretty yeah. much lost everything and I don't have anything else to lose. So I'm not going anywhere. You know, so he breaks out the whiteboard on a Sunday morning Oh, and draws up the life cycle of a church yeah. and oh. says, this is where y'all are. You're going yeah. down, so we're going to change some stuff. And it <laughs> might was, not have been the best thing looking back, but hindsight's <laughs> always twenty twenty, right? And uh, at the time, we're yeah. like, we're going for it. We're going for it, yeah. and so we Ooh, we, and uh, we did. So we started revitalizing, change, you know, changed the name of the church, and and obviously there were quite a few people that were there. They actually left. Um, because they didn't agree, and you know, with what what was going on. So, so church uh, church revitalization can can go very well, but it can also be tough if people don't realize the state that they're in. Mm-hmm. So, if that church doesn't realize or doesn't want to embrace the the part of the life cycle that they're in, then it can be it can be very hard. Now, obviously, as a as a shepherd, as a pastor, you want to try to bring them along and mm-hmm. bring them into that place of understanding. But at some point, you have to make the moves and begin the to make the transitions. Um, and you so you have to be um, you have to be you know strong in those areas at times when it's hard. It's like being a parent. Sure, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's so, what I was. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Sometimes. Yeah. You know what is best, even if they're a little bit resistant. Yeah. But yeah. as parents, we do these things with our children because we love mm-hmm. them. Because we love them. Ultimately. And it breaks your heart. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it hurts to um, church revitalization can be tough because it hurts to go home at the end of the day and know that people are either misunderstanding or you maybe you feel like you you're not doing the best for them that you can. Yeah. Um, you know, as a pastor, it's tough because you mm-hmm. feel like. Okay, I want to I want to love them. I want to embrace them, and I want to help them become who God has purposed them to be. Um, and then when that doesn't go the way that you think that it will, and you try all these different things, and you struggle within yourself yeah. to say, okay, is it me or is it them or what mm-hmm. is it? You know, so yeah. there's that constant struggle going on inside of you. And um, we had been doing that maybe a year, about a year, about a year, and right then, out a year. Um, he was 
being pulled on to also take on the flagship church of that area, which was about how many? I mean, it's a good sized church. It was a good sized church. They were about the 200 at the time, um, maybe. And so, right in the middle of that was when I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. So, that was my that next was question. Is it that where? Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. what part of Texas were you in? Amarillo. 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 Yeah. So, Chris is diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. What? It, tell me about that. Like, Kevin, what was that like for you? Devastating. Uh, yeah. For me, it was it was hard for me because I am, um, you know, by nature, someone who wants to fix everything. So, yeah. you know, um, if if the car's broke down, I can fix it. If there's something in the house that needs to be worked on, mm-hmm. I can fix it. Um, being told that your wife has cancer, you can't fix it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, your level of faith and trust in the Lord um, has to, at that point, you has to grow. I mean, or you have that, that's when that moment of measurement comes. And, um, for me, it was devastating. I, you know, honestly, I thought that I was okay. I thought I was doing well. Um, but I was masking a lot of, a lot of the pain and just the disappointment that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you don't realize that you, you can, you can have those things. You know, I'm like, I'm a pastor. I'm, you know, pastor at that point, pastoring two churches. We're pastoring two churches at mm-hmm. that point that are both of them are are turning around. Both of them are growing, and you know, just the devastation of this. And and I'm thinking, I'm okay. God's got this, and I'm glazing over these internal things inside of me that I'm constantly dealing with, feeling inadequate, feeling as though um, some form or fashion it's my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, I have taken her mm-hmm. out of a safe place, put her into a place where um, she's being attacked and maybe doesn't have the best, um, you know, support, support system. Yeah. You know, so just all these things that are internally going on inside of me um, that I was refusing to kind of deal with at the at the moment, at the time. Looking back, obviously, I can see that. But so that was um, I was having when Chris and I had uh, a couple years ago went and met a counselor, what he, he basically um, told me was, he said, you were having a series of emotional and mental breakdowns and you didn't realize it. Yeah. So I was having breakdowns and I was masking those breakdowns mm-hmm. with the success that with we were ministry. seeing yes. in ministry. And staying and busy. Yes. So basically duct taping yourself together. Yes. You know? So yeah. that's basically what was going on with mm-hmm. me. Do you ever think for a minute that she would die? I did. In the beginning, we wondered how, because we didn't know, you know, we found out what stage it was, but we didn't know, but we had heard that it was aggressive because it had grown quickly. And so, what was it, stage two, but it was grade three? Grade three. It was pretty large for, Mm -hmm. you know, the stage. So, so they told us it was serious, but they felt like with the right um, treatment that it could be, you know, handled. And, um, uh, her oncologist was tremendous, and mm-hmm. uh, she just was like, "This thing is immature. Um, it 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 will probably you know go away with treatment." Um, but in the back of your mind, you're always wondering, "Okay, is this actually the case?" Because you know it's been you know it's been said before, "Well, this will happen." You've heard stories about people. Well, you know if we treat it, we can catch it, and then you know yeah. it's just waiting on that next treatment, that wait waiting on that next appointment, and mm-hmm. so. It's always weighing on your mind. Um, mm-hmm. Is she going to make it through it? Yeah. yeah. So, so you you had a sick wife. I did. You have two thriving churches. How are your kids? Oh, they were 
pretty resilient. Yeah. They were fighting through. Yeah. Um, it, it's what you were saying, just trying to show that level of confidence yeah. um, to them that, that the Lord will handle it. And I, I believe they were leaning heavily on us and mm-hmm. how we were responding. And we had amazing people in our churches. Oh, my goodness. Would, and I shared yeah. some of that in the other, yes. but um, just friends that would come get them, spend time yeah. with them, love on them. I mean, it was amazing. Tremendous people. Bring um, us food and make sure they had things they liked. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was just so sweet. Even though we moved away from the intimate support system of family, mm-hmm. um, when we moved there, um, the both of those churches, just so families good. within those churches that were just tremendous, treated us like family, yeah. um, loved on our kids, yeah. gave them attention and time. So I believe that, you know, obviously they were scared. Um, but but they they walked through it. I felt like they walked through it well. They did, mm-hmm. yeah. What was that uh, like? Finding out that there was no more cancer was that a phone call? Was that a doctor visit? Um, were you together when it happened? We were together. We were. It yeah. Was, uh, um, you know they they do the surgery. My tumor had shrunk mm-hmm. down to like the tip of my pinky. Okay. And they said, we're going to do, you know, the surgery, the lumpectomy. We're going to remove the rest. And we're also going to remove a little more, you know, mm-hmm. to make sure and whatever. But then you have to wait, you know, a little while for your test to come back. And I got a letter. She had already called me and said, you know, but then I got that letter. And it was something about having that letter that just said, mm-hmm. it's there's official. no evidence of cancer in any of your results. You know, that was like, okay. I can move forward. Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> we can move forward now. It know? was like um, a release. It was mm-hmm. a, a breath of fresh air for us, um, or at least a breath of air for us, right, we right. felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember uh, one of the, the first times after she started her treatments, um, her chemo, they had went in and done a um, – and it wasn't an x-ray, but I guess kind of like a CAT scan mm-hmm. on it. And they had said that it, it, it had, had shrank um, mm-hmm. down. And um, – so by the time it was removed, basically the doctor said that when she went in to remove it, um, it was the marker was what actually mm-hmm. showed her where it was because without was the so marker, there, she could have been able to find that time. Yeah. So we felt like the Lord had, you know, just miraculously accelerated the healing process for her mm-hmm. um, through that. So that was that mm-hmm. was tremendous for yeah. us. Yeah, I wonder if that would have been a wake-up call at any. You didn't seem to slow down, though. I didn't. You kept going. Yeah, I kept going. Oh, yeah, because sometimes things like this are, are ways that God signals, hey, I'm going to make you lie down in yeah. a green pasture so I can restore your soul. That's right. Yeah. But that's it doesn't right. sound like that that's what happened for you. No, it didn't because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, I will tend, I'm very passionate about what I do, and um, which is a great thing, but it can be, um, you know, a weakness. Mm-hmm. And so for me... Um, it was it was that drive to perform, drive to perform, constantly mm-hmm. drive to perform. And, you know, I realize that comes now in this season. You know, a lot of that comes from misidentity and um, that striving to be. And so um, I felt like that, you know, I, I think that deep down I knew if I slowed down long enough, I'd probably fall apart, which is what yes. I needed to do. Yes. Um, and so I wouldn't I didn't slow down because I didn't want to fall apart, I think. Yeah. And so that. Mm-hmm. That really drove me to continue. Mm-hmm. Have have we been on the Enneagram journey? Is Kevin on that? We made him take it. Yeah. Remind me. I was a one. A one. And, a one. and you are, Krista. Six. A six. Yeah. So. yeah. 
with Go Team One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. Did you did you peg me for a one? I was pegging you for a one because what you were talking about made me think of us yeah. when the house yeah. uh, oh. when we lost our house in that yeah. storm. Yeah. You yeah. know, we get that, and I'm right back to work, and we had yeah. kids ramp, and so we just kept on going process because. It's either that or fall apart. That's and so right. you just keep going. So I was like, I'm going to think yeah, yeah. <laughs> he might be You're uh, right. an Enneagram one. Yeah. So married 22 years, I imagine. Um, so, well, let me back up and say for the month of January, we talked to a lot of single people mm-hmm. and we celebrated singleness yeah. in them. And some of them are young and some of them are in their 30s. Mm-hmm. Some have dated, some have not. And but you guys got married young, mm-hmm. and so uh, we've been talking to some married couples. Been married like mm-hmm. more years than uh, I have. I've only been married five years, so mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can give the best marriage <laughs> advice. But go ahead and lay some marriage advice on us. Twenty-two years. What have you learned in twenty-two years mm. that we need to hear? Oh. That we need to know. Wow. I know you got it in. Yeah. You're yeah. just trying to pick and choose where to go. You want me to <laughs> go first? If you want to, go for it. Oh, do you, I mean, I can go. Communication is so huge. Yeah. Like communicating and that we just talked about how you go, go, go. But sometimes for him, I have to say, hey, you need to process. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you thinking about? What do you? So I guess one of my pieces of advice would be to really talk to each other. Okay. Not get in the habit of just going through motions, you know, and sometimes you have to be so intentional about that mm-hmm. because life can be so busy and. I know it's not, I was going to say, especially when you're in ministry, but it's not only that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just in general, when you're working or you have children or you're moving, like you forget to just talk. And then over time, that can really bite you. Yeah. You know? And not just so, talk about the good, the bad, but talk about the good too. Yeah. That's everything. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So that would Absolutely. be one thing. Um, mm-hmm. And when you say communicating, you're not just talking about using words, but you're talking about like how you really like, feel be real, about situations. Be real. And yeah. bless his heart. He, I'm real with him. <laughs> I'm, I, sometimes I think I over communicate. I tell him every little bit and maybe I didn't need to tell you every little bit, but yeah. I just want you to know every little bit, yeah. you know? Um, and I have to tell him, Hey, okay, your turn. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm good. <laughs> Have a good day. I'm, I'm like, good. no, no, no. I need to know. Yeah. I need to know more than that. You know, so he's gotten better over the years. But even now, sometimes I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you thinking over there? Yeah. You know, I think one thing about you guys is uh, that you guys are not just married, but you're also friends. Yeah. Like you have this thing like you enjoy yeah. being with each other. Yeah. It probably helps that your children are a little bit older. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. can be hard when you have small children because you're all about everything is crisis or emergency be. or, you know, yes. or you're just so exhausted. Yeah. You just can't even think mm-hmm. sometimes. It's so. True. But sounds like you guys are well. I see that you guys are friends, yes. as well as, and that's such an important thing because you yeah. remember why. Like I, I think about why I fell in love with him. Mm. I f- he's so funny. So I even thought he was even the funniest person, <laughs> even though you don't wear the dress of blues I mean, anymore. Yeah, he yeah. does not. He um, and he uh, obviously he was very good looking to me and everything, but he was just so funny. And even now, like he just he can crack me up more than anybody in the yeah. world, you know. And we can go anywhere and be doing anything, but as long as he makes me laugh, we're fine, yeah. you know. Like. I try not to take, uh, I, even though I am, I probably tend to look serious all the time. I try yeah. not to be 
overly serious. Yeah. Um, See, I, you come across to me as being kind of serious. Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing about Enneagram ones. When mm-hmm. we are super healthy, we become mm-hmm. like an Enneagram seven, mm-hmm. which are the fun people. The yeah. Fun people. That like, there so you when which is you Alyssa. are being fun, yeah. this is you being a healthy. Yes. Enneagram. Well, there you go. That's good. That's so that's good. where like that, that funness is coming in because you that's actually good. are healthy and in a place mm-hmm. of rest. That's good. That's so, good. Yeah. I love that. So that's where that's coming That's real in. good. What's your advice? Give us well, some advice. Well, I think for me, you know, um, one of, some of the things that I've learned is number one is I don't have all the answers, nor should I expect that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she is my helpmate. Um, she is, I would say she's 50%, but she's probably about 60 or 70%. <laughs> um, you know, um, so for me, I've had to learn that I don't have all the answers and I don't have to. It's not mm-hmm. that I don't have to have, but mm-hmm. I can lean on her and trust her judgment and trust her insight Mm -hmm. that she's seeing something or maybe this situation she has a better handle on than me. Um, As a man, that's, you know, somewhat difficult at times um, because we want to make sure that we are being the confident, secure person that we need to be in order to guide the family um, and guide the unit. But, um, you know, knowing that she has, the, the right answers that I make up sometimes that are not the right answers. So I've learned that, um, you know, I have to be, I have to trust um, her that she hears and sees when I'm not seeing yeah. and hearing because that we're helpmates. And, and she's my helpmate. Sure. So I think that there, and then the second one that I would say is compromise, um, which is not a word that we feel is a healthy word, um, you know, when we're talking about our walk yeah. with the Lord, but when we're talking about our relationship with one another, mm-hmm. and if we really look at our relationship with the Lord, um, it, it is compromise. Um, and so sometimes I have to compromise my wants and even compromise what would be my need at times mm-hmm. in order to make sure that her need is sufficiently met or what she wants um, is is taken yeah. into consideration. And uh, so I think that those two are big yeah. uh, for me is learning how to compromise um, my wants and my needs at times um, and knowing that the Lord's going to supply that. If, if I truly need it, the Lord's going to supply it. Yeah. But my responsibility as, as the, the man, as the husband, the father, is to, number one, make sure the needs of my kids and my wife are met. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, one of the things that, that I've learned that it's not all about me. And I sometimes just need to, yeah. you know, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So that, and and then that I don't always have to have the answer, yeah. that she does have the answers that I don't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could, uh, Krista, give 19-year-old Krista mm. some words, what would you tell, what would you tell 19-year-old Krista who doesn't see Krista today sitting here at this yeah. table and she has no idea what's about to happen to her or what her life's going to look like for the next 22 years. Yeah. What would you tell 19-year-old Krista? Oh, my goodness. And it's okay if you cry. Yeah. Um, take heart. It's <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind. Like, take heart, guard your heart, because a lot of things are going to get thrown at it and try to beat at it and kick at it, but you just have to guard it, and you just have to know the one that holds your heart. Mm-hmm. which is, and it's, I love him, but it's not mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Right. He does That's not right. ultimately hold my heart. Yeah. The Lord does. Yes. Um, and he will never let anything overcome it. Yes. He never will because um, of the price he paid for it. So take heart, 
keep your eyes forward, heavenward, <laughs> forward, um, and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Don't stop. You know, um, we all have those moments where we want to stop and look around, doubt, maybe turn back. Um, but just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, cause there's so much sweetness, you yeah. know, to see up there. Just got to keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause your life is probably not what you thought it was going to be. No, but it's way more <laughs> oh, my than goodness. you thought it would be. Yeah. But the way that you had to get to where you are mm-hmm. is not the path yeah. you thought you were mm-hmm. going to take. That's right. And I think sometimes we need to be encouraged. People that are in a place that they don't understand, how does this fit in? And this is not what I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be. This does not look like what I thought it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. But yet when you go through that mm-hmm. and you don't give up, mm-hmm. things can be so much better than yeah. you ever yeah. imagined. That's right. Mm-hmm. Kevin, tell me uh, three of your favorite things about Krista. Three of my mm-hmm. favorite things about Krista, her laugh. <laughs> she does her have laugh. a great laugh. <laughs> I love um, the way that she loves me. The the intimate little things like that I don't think, mm-hmm. um, you know, people pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, she does. I love that. And then the third thing is, is the way that she builds me up. So. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. How does she build you up? Give us, Um, tell us what we need to be doing as wives. Well, I think, you know, as, as we have grown together and matured together, she knows when I'm vulnerable, even though I don't show it. Okay. And so she builds me up, um, in those areas where maybe I'm questioning myself, Mm -hmm. um, as a man, as a father, as a husband, and she, she encourages me and builds me up and gives me that confidence to, um, to do and be who I know God's called me to be. And so that, that is big for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's always said she's my biggest fan. Yeah. And she is, she very much is. Mm Um, Oh, I had a thought. Where did it go? Oh, I know. (laughs) So I believe this is just me. I don't know if this is biblical or not, (laughs) but just as we all have individual, um, purposes for our life, like Mm -hmm. when God put, Krista in the earth, he had a purpose and a plan for her. When he put Kevin in the earth, he had a purpose and a plan for Kevin. But I believe that when God joins two people together, he has a purpose for them, not only still as individuals, Mm -hmm. but for their marriage. And like, like I have brought these two people together for this purpose. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? Like, what is, what is the purpose Mm -hmm. of Kevin and Krista McBride being in the earth? Mm -hmm. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Winford tells us all the time, uh, that we are, um, hope that is our foundation. Hope is our foundation, and so we mm. we believe that um, our heart and and the purpose that God has you know placed us on the earth is to give people hope. Mm-hmm. Um, when they feel hopeless, when they're in hopeless situations, to give them hope. Yeah. And we've learned that um, you know us even in our darkest moments, we haven't lost hope, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're always uh, full of hope. Mm-hmm. And so our heart, and we believe that the Lord's called us to, yeah. to give hope to people that mm-hmm. are hopeless. Yeah. Pastor Micah here at uh, Ramp Church, he says, hope is the simple belief that things can change. That's it. And this That's is it. what you guys mm-hmm. are. You are letting people know, hey, mm-hmm. this is this this thing that you're in, you might not like it, but it can change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and That's you right. guys are, um, your story. Mm-hmm. 
tells of that. So any other thoughts, anything else you want to add or mention or talk about anything, any exciting news coming up or Mm. y'all want to talk about? I don't think so. No, just ready for a second cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. (laughs) I love Kevin and Krista. They are a beautiful family that has learned how to grow closer and connect deeper in times of difficulty rather than allowing the tension to cause division. What a gift. Friend, I'm so glad you joined us today. Just a reminder that if you subscribe to the podcast on whichever app you use, you'll get a notification and be the first to know when the conversation gets started. If you'd rather watch your podcasts and not just listen, we've got a YouTube channel you can subscribe to as well. Just search What's Next God Podcast and click subscribe. We've also got a Facebook page with the same name, or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook under the name Melissa Matheson. That's math, like four plus one equals five, I before E, son, S-O-N. Friends, I hope you have a great weekend, and we'll be back here on Monday if you want to come join us as we sit around the table, have a cup of coffee, and talk about what's next, God. God.